Welcome back to the pointbike.com podcast. This is a bonus episode number six in a series where we have been discussing Bitcoin. Uh, we have ranged in topics from Bitcoin being money to investments to the ability of Bitcoin to replace the entire financial system and a discussion of blockchain. Today, I have come to a new realization and I wanted to share that uh, with the group. So please stay tuned. I have, of course, continued to read and discuss Bitcoin with many people online. And one of the disappointing conclusions that I've come to from many of these interactions is that they are almost always useless. There is very little learning going on. There is often even very little exchange of ideas going on. It's more or less just projections. Everybody is in their corners and lobbing bombs from one side of the room to the other and not much hearing or listening or learning or growing is part of that process. And as this, you know, continued for days and weeks, I eventually stumbled upon a new realization. And that realization, I think, is probably self-evident and obvious to many of you, but I believe it's the reason why I have not been able to understand the passions behind Bitcoin or have any success in exchanging some of my ideas in a format that is understandable to people who may not have been naturally inclined or predisposed to agreeing with those ideas before they heard them. And here is the realization. Bitcoin should not be viewed in economic terms. It should be viewed in political terms. And that is because Bitcoin is not really about money. It's not really about the mechanics of how money works. It's not really even about investments and growing the pot of money that you have in your name. It's really more about a symbol of anti-establishment. It is a protest, not a currency. And if you look at Bitcoin from that perspective, it starts to make a whole lot more sense. That doesn't mean Bitcoin as a tool makes more sense, but Bitcoin as a movement does. Because if you think about it as a political movement, as a protest, it's very normal for people to sacrifice their best interests for a cause that they believe in. That is almost logical behavior. And so if you go back and listen to some of the podcasts that I made a few weeks ago, one of the things that I lamented was the incredible amount of risk involved in placing your bets with the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency community because so much of the future outcome is unknown and there seemed to be a, a massive asymmetry between knowledge and confidence. And that to me spells risk. And I did not see that risk reflected in the behaviors of the people in the movement. But if you think about it 
as a political movement, not a financial or economic movement, then none of those things apply because in a political movement, martyrdom uh, for a just cause that you believe in is not something people fear. So if Bitcoin collapses or nothing comes of it, I don't actually know that many of the hardcore supporters will care. I mean, I'm sure they will care to the extent that they lost money and you know everybody has dreams of things that they can do if they become wildly wealthy regardless of um, you know how much they might not want to admit it in public. So there will be some disappointment, but I don't even think if it collapsed to zero tomorrow, most of the people who lost all their money will regret their involvement because it wasn't about making money. It was about telling you know, Wall Street to F off. It was about telling the government that you know, they should not be in a position to dictate how their lives function. They don't trust them to make decisions and they would rather harm themselves than you know, continue to buy into this failure of a political model that does not represent them or their views. And, and that's why nobody cares about a collapse, not because they don't believe it'll happen, but because, but because even if it did, um, it wouldn't change their views anyway. So it's a, it's a losing argument. So if I go into a debate with somebody and try to argue about risk, I try to argue about you know, the economic effects and the historical context behind this type of currency and the reason why governments or institutions may not adopt it in the way that they expect, they don't care because that's not their objective. Their objective is to yell and scream and complain and protest. It is to um, stick gum in the gears of the system and anything that causes this type of disruption uh, to the status quo is a sign of victory, no matter how short-lived, um, no matter how severe. The objective is not to win, it is to make everyone else lose. And in that context, you know, I start to understand why people are so excited about Bitcoin. It doesn't necessarily so far convince me it's a good idea, but at least it helps me to understand, you know, the frame of mind. And so here, here's the choice that we need to make. So as outsiders looking into this movement, you know, we, we can choose to either encourage the protest because we agree with the uh, goals. I don't know too many people who were particularly excited about how Wall Street, the big banks, you know, insurance companies and some of the elite, well-connected people all got bailed out after the uh, Great Recession in 2008. Many of the little guys who suffered either, you know, fraudulent mortgages or were led into bad decisions by a culture that was encouraged and really irresponsible incentives that were promoted by some of these very same elites who received all these bailouts, you know, and, you know, they, they all got harmed, the elites all got helped. And it's hard to look at that situation and not think, you know, this is, this is outrageous. And if Bitcoin, you know, if I'm looking to find a community of people who agree that the outcome of the 2008 Great Recession 
was uh, outrageous. And I stumble upon the Bitcoin tribe who all agree with me. It's, you know, it's not difficult to, to you know, extend that logic one step further and say, you know, we agree on you know, this outrageous outcome and they believe that Bitcoin is the solution. So therefore I will adopt that as my opinion as well. So we share the same values and so we share the same tactics pick up the tribe's flag and go to war. You know, if I or any other outsider agrees with those values, which I think most people do, you know, one option is to say to hell with all the logic and the math and what's best for the long-term viability of this economic model versus the other economic model. This is just a protest and let's all encourage this protest and see where it goes, right? And whether there is a long-term success or not, doesn't matter. We'll make our point and we hope that what uh, comes after that point has been made is better than where we came from. And, you know, that's certainly an option. Another option would be to protect the protesters because in many ways, these people are not that different from some of the borrowers in 2006 and 2007 who were misled by the financial elites to borrow more than they could afford because everybody knew that house prices never go down and this is safe and this is how you get rich and you know leverage is good uh, for people to accelerate their income growth and you know all of the TV shows and you know the politicians encouraging home ownership and you know et cetera, et cetera, they got led down a path um, that they didn't necessarily fully understand. Uh, and you know when everything came crashing down, it all came crashing down on their heads. And so we might look at what's going on with this Bitcoin movement um, in a similar you know fashion and say, you know, clearly there is, let's say, propaganda campaign to promote Bitcoin as a solution, as an option to, you know, help you advance your interests, whether it's the political interests or the financial interests. And clearly most of the people who are falling behind these leaders don't have a very sophisticated understanding of why and the implications of why uh, Bitcoin should be the answer to uh, all of their problems, they're just following along. And if there's going to be a negative outcome, um, shouldn't those people understand the consequences and the risks of that outcome um, or be protected from it if they're unable or incapable of understanding those risks? And so option number two is to say, hey, these are a lot of good people. They have good intentions, but they're taking on a lot more risk than they understand. And this is something which is not without precedent. I mean, governments all around the world have rules around who can be an accredited investor. And if you are an accredited investor, then you are legally uh, allowed to take greater risks because the assumption is you know what you're doing. And most people who are investing in Bitcoin probably don't know what they're doing and should they be protected? So. You know, option number one might be to say, hey, I agree with your sentiments. Let's join the protest movement and who cares what the outcome is going to be. Option number two might be to say, well, you know, I might agree with with your with your uh, motivations, but, 
there may need to be some rules and policies put in place to either protect you or to help you understand those risks. So you are at a minimum in a position to, uh, to have the information needed to make your own choice. Uh, and that really isn't the case today when a lot of this information is, is hidden behind closed doors. I mean, I had a podcast earlier where uh, I mentioned that there are all kinds of scams, uh, pump and dump schemes and uh, you know, the Tether Bitfinex uh, fiasco, which is currently still under investigation, and we don't know, you know, how all that is going to play out. There may very well be a lot of dirty hands behind the scenes playing games and playing tricks. And, you know, the ones who are playing those games, they can get out because they know uh, when the, the music's going to stop because they're playing the music. But everyone else who's following along faithfully with good intentions, they don't know when the music's going to stop. And, so should we be doing something to protect those people, right? And then there's a third option. And the third option is to say, well, okay, so we figured out the game, right? We know that there is a well-intentioned movement and we know that all well-intentioned movements throughout history get infested by parasites with ulterior motives who attempt to misdirect very well-intentioned passions for their own personal benefit. And it could be, uh, for power, it could be for profit, it doesn't matter, but they are co-opting this movement uh, for their own purposes. And option number three is to say, well, we figured out the game, uh, we know this is happening, and let's play the game right along with everyone else. I mean, let's just buy Bitcoin and profit from the ignorance of the masses. Uh, who cares what happens to them and who cares what happens to the system? Because, you know, ultimately, you know, the political outcome is always going to regress back to the mean. I mean, no matter how successful this protest is, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can't fight the Fed and you can't fight the government. And we know that when push comes to shove, they have bigger guns. Uh, and, you know, they're going to win an all-out war against any protest movement if they try hard enough, especially if the protesters are arguing for something which doesn't make any sense. You know, the movement's not going to win. And... We know that all these you know, suckers are coming along for the ride. Um, so let's take advantage of them too. Let's just put more money into Bitcoin. Let's extract as much personal profit and wealth as we can before the music ends. We know it's gonna end. Uh, don't you know, hold forever, have a number, get that number and get out, right? And you know, that's an option too. So that's really an ethical question and it's not my place to give you your ethics, but the way I see this, you can either be a protester, a defender of the innocent, or a grifter. And we all have to make our choice because it's unlikely that all three people can be successful at the same time. I really just want to remind everyone that the price of Bitcoin going down does not necessarily mean that the services become useless. One of the arguments that I was making in a prior episode is that the success of the services and the price of Bitcoin have been disconnected. And that's part of the reason why it's difficult to understand and have confidence in the future success of the Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general ecosystem. But that doesn't necessarily always need to be true. So there may come a time when the price is an accurate indicator of use of Bitcoin services or the price becomes a non-factor because 
it's stable and that takes away the grifters, it takes away the risk and it takes away the gambling aspect of the cryptocurrency universe, I think perhaps we can, if we are on the outside looking in and don't like the three options that I've presented in this episode, you might choose to sit out and hope for option number four, which is maybe this thing all works out. You know, maybe the price stabilizes at some level. It doesn't necessarily matter which level. And the Bitcoin advocates and the investors who are building Bitcoin and related companies succeed in creating services that people care about and people value when the government gets involved and regulates to defend the innocence against the uh, usurpers trying to co-opt the movement to profit with scams and tricks and um, these schemes that would have otherwise been illegal in any other market. And it all works out. I mean, who knows? So here's the most important point. When you're looking for information, humans are confirmation-seeking bots. I mean, we love to read things that we agree with, and we hate to read things that we don't. And it's very difficult to find information or people who don't fit that pattern. Here's what we know. Uh, very rich people are starting to buy Bitcoin. That doesn't make Bitcoin a more efficient use of human capital or resources on the planet, it still requires about a hundred thousand times more electricity to make a single Bitcoin transaction than one Visa transaction. Bitcoin still does not have a collection of services that even come close to the efficiency or uh, scale of the systems that they are looking to replace. And so really when you're buying into Bitcoin, at least as of you know this moment, you are still essentially buying a gift certificate to a store that does not yet exist. Uh, you don't even know what products they'll be selling and you don't even know how much they're going to cost. It is nothing more than a refuge for the disillusioned and a home for the degenerates. You know, there is that old saying I'm sure everyone has heard many times that you cannot reason someone out of something he was not reasoned into. I don't consider that success regardless of what the price indicates on the market. I hope that changes. Time will tell.